Okay, so hi everybody. My name's Faye Blundstone. I am the Domestic Abuse and Violence Against Women and Girls Advisor for Bucks Council. And uh, I'm joined by Saskia Garner, who is from uh, Susie Lamplew Trust. Uh, and we're going to be talking over this podcast about uh, personal safety um, at work, particularly and loan working and a few other bits and bobs as well. So um, great to be joined by Saskia. Saskia, can you tell me a bit about uh, Susie Lampley Trust and how it came about? Of course, yes. So the Susie Lampley Trust was set up um, within weeks actually of Susie Lampley herself disappearing. She was an estate agent. She went out to meet a client on a routine uh, work appointment um, and was later, um, re her team realised that she hadn't come back to the office. They called her family and then they alerted the police. And tragically, um, Susie was never found. She was presumed dead um, some years later, but her family within um, those first few months started setting up the trust really to raise awareness around issues of personal safety, workplace safety, um, but also more broadly stalking and harassment. And to this day, 37 years on, the trust is still working on those issues. Brilliant, thank you. Um, so what we wanted to primarily talk about today was about personal safety at work because this podcast is aimed towards um, employees at Bucks Council and also our partners as well um, and their staff members. So I wanted to sort of know a bit more about loan working when they're out and about, when staff are out and about, what should they be doing and what should they do if they feel unsafe? Absolutely. Um, we work with a number of organisations across every single sector that you could possibly imagine on these exact issues. And the key thing is um, that um, that loan working is defined by having that kind of lack of immediate supervision or contact with anyone that um, from your uh, place of employment. So, for instance, even if you were a receptionist in a building full of people, if you yourself weren't in immediate contact with others from your organisation, that would be classed as loan working. Similarly, if you're the last person at home uh, alone in the office or home working, these are all situations that we would class as um, as, as loan working and employers do have legal duties to protect loan workers under the Health and Safety at Work Act and the Management of Health and Safety at Work regulations. So these are key areas for employers to consider. So there's a whole range of um, approaches that need to be um, put in place. Um, our framework, our, our, our Charter for Workplace Safety sets out a framework um, to logically consider each stage. So it starts with risk assessment. What are the exact risks that people um, will be facing in their individual roles? And of course, that will vary very much um, between individual roles, but also between organisations and sectors. And some uh, some roles will require greater supervision um, for high risk situations and um, more um, more policies and procedures to protect them in advance. And it is key that these these protections are put in place in advance of anyone loan working to prevent and minimise any risks from emerging, essentially. Um, so other considerations that we would strongly advise are a very robust uh, loan working policy that really sets out 
um, what someone should do if they feel unsafe, um, the, the procedures that they should follow, they should put in place before they set out on a, an appointment which might put them at risk. So for instance, um, if you're using loan worker devices, ensuring that you've got training around those, if you um, have access to a personal alarm, understanding how and when you would use that, but also crucially in the event of an emergency situation, what is the escalation procedure um, that um, a colleague would follow if, for instance, they couldn't establish that somebody was safe? Um, and, and central to all this is having a tracing system. So if somebody is out and about on their own, whether they're working at home or, or meeting clients or patients or home visits or whatever it is, who is it that is checking in on them at a regular um, intervals to make sure that they've arrived and left those appointments safely and if they can't be located who are they then going to call to find out if that person's safe and this is sadly what wasn't in place in the situation with Susie and you know crucial hours went by before anyone realized that something might have happened to her. Yes so um, yeah some really important uh, stuff that you've mentioned there. Um, what should employers be doing uh, in general um, to make sure that everything's OK? Anything additional? Well, the like first, colleagues in the office and stuff like that. Yeah, the first step of Susie's charter that we've developed is embedding a culture of personal safety. And we strongly believe that that is about providing a safe space for employees to come forward and say, I don't feel safe in these in these situations or this happened to me or I had a near miss or I'm concerned about a colleague who who seems to be putting themselves at risk you know where can those creating space for those conversations really and capturing those concerns and certainly when it comes to reporting having a mechanism where people can log um, any near misses or incidents so that you're identifying patterns of where the risks might be whether it's in relation to specific clients specific locations specific times of the day or, or night um, so that you're trying to you know adapt your policy as as issues emerge and, and keep it up to date. That's excellent and also I guess it's really important when people have clocked off for the day and they're actually leaving to go home especially with the the nights are closing in earlier now what would you suggest for for people that are leaving work um, and journeying home safely? Yes so we would always say that that should be part of the uh, personal safety policy of any place of work to establish what are the safe ways that people can get home. So, for instance, it might be that you say, actually, we don't want anyone working alone in the office and that when it's time to lock up, people do that in pairs. They don't leave by a side exit onto a, you know, a deserted street. They leave by the main exit where it's well lit that kind of thing and and or if the instance arises where they have to leave on their own, certainly having a buddy where they're checking in and saying, you know, everything's fine, I've, I've left OK. Um, but when we're talking about travelling, again, it's about planning a bit in, in advance so that we're not caught short by, you know, cancellations, um, changes in transport routes, um, trying to ensure we're not waiting around for too long um, on our own on on routes where they that might not be um very busy um again it's about having a buddy and when i say um a buddy i don't necessarily mean somebody from work but if you're on your way home who's gonna 
know what route you're taking and that you've arrived safely. It could be a trust, trusted member of your family, a friend, you know, that kind of a thing, just to put your mind at rest that somebody knows that you're on your way. And, and if there's a change of plan on route, um, you know, that, that everything's OK. In terms of personal safety, when when people are out, um, for example, exercising, I know there was that case in Ireland with Ashleen Murphy, um, who was murdered in broad daylight while running. Are there any tips about sort of exercising safely? I know many people at uh, the council and our partner organisations, you know, have lots of staff that are very active and it's about doing that safely in the wintertime. Well, I think the key thing to say here is obviously we can't prevent predatory behaviours um, and the kind of violence against women and girls that we see, you know, across society. Mm. But what we can do is give people information and choices around feeling a bit safer when they're out and about and certainly um, reassuring them that they could get help if they in the event that they feel, felt unsafe. So, for instance, as I was saying, having a buddy who knows where you are, what route you're taking, checks in on you at regular points um, and and also just being aware that some of the apps um, that are out there to say tra track your running route and so on, just make sure that they are only accessible from trusted contacts. Sometimes without realising it, these apps are on a public setting and that means that people can actually locate your whereabouts that people who, who you might not necessarily want to have that information. I'm not saying that that was the case in, in any of the incidents that you've mentioned, but it's just something that we've become aware of when people are out and about. They don't necessarily realise that their tracking mm. um, location settings are still on. Yeah. Um, and it's just something to, to check when you're out and about that, of course, if you want to share your route with a trusted person, that's, that's something we would recommend, but just ensure that actually that's not um, available to anyone you know beyond your your trusted yeah. circle yeah and I think that's really important I think you know like you said it's it's not about the, the victim blaming aspect it's just to make yourself feel safe and, and take whatever precautions you can um, and I think you know one of the ones that um, I think is pretty important one is you know try to vary your running routes for example don't always run the same route um, I think that's a pretty good tip as well. Um, and also, the, you know, the personal safety alarms and, and stuff like that. Um, just a quick one um, regarding um, your, you know, Susie Lamplu Trust um, campaign on harassment in the nighttime economy. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yes, so we are launching some research on Personal Safety Day, which is on the 8th of November, looking at the prevalence of uh, harassment of people who work in the nighttime economy, um, you know, and the findings of that are, you know, highly concerning. We know um, that women are more affected uh, uh, by these behaviours than men, although we did survey everyone and, and there are instances where men also have experienced unwanted behaviours. Um, so. We're looking at this quite closely because, you know, it combines with um, situations where people might be the, under the influence of alcohol. Um, you know, people are people are out and about in clubs, bars, restaurants. People are mingling with, um, you know, the public. People they don't necessarily know. Um, again, it's key, I think, to press, put the emphasis here on employers creating safe spaces for people to have a night out and identifying um 
you know, people who are carrying out these unwanted behaviours and ensuring that they are not allowed in those premises. You know, we all have a right to be safe. We have a right to be go out and about safely. Um, and it really is down to identification and, and also having boundaries and, and making it clear that certain behaviours won't be accepted in this place of work, in this environment, both for people who work there, but also, you know, members of the public enjoying enjoying a night out but um but sadly we know that um in those environments and sometimes that is a consequence of lone working if you think about um cleaning staff um often in buildings on their own or um you know not in direct contact with with colleagues um you know hospitality retail very often there will be incidents where people are either working on their own or there'll be reduced staffing and again that becomes a concern and exposes people to potentially increased um you know experiences of of harassment so you know we are we are calling on um recognition of and actually um a, a, a law to to ensure that employers have to prevent these behaviors, have to take active steps, do everything they can to prevent these behaviors being allowed in those workplaces. Um, and we think that's a key step to really sending a strong message to anyone, you know, wanting to perpetrate those behaviors that they, 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 they just won't be accepted. Um, but we also think that the role of bystanders is really important. We are actually rolling out and running free one hour training sessions on bystander intervention to help people um, recognize when someone nearby might be in trouble, when they might be experiencing something that makes them feel unsafe, how to safely assess the situation and, and safely intervene. And that's based on the 5D model of, um, of um, delegate, um, direct, directly intervene, document if, if you think it's worth recording that and offering someone you know that support afterwards so I would strongly recommend people look into that and because it, it just gives people the tools and the the confidence to help those around them um you know counter those kinds of behaviors i think that's brilliant um how um, are there many of these sessions when are they um available to book on to Yes, they're all on our website, the Susie Lampley Trust website. It's on the, the homepage banner. It says the Stand Up Against Harassment Training. If you click on that, um, follow through to the registration page. There are a number of sessions allocated um, over the coming weeks. And if you can't see a session that fits with your availability, please do uh, contact our training team. That's training at susielampleu.org and they will be happy to arrange a training session that would fit with um, your organisation or if there's a group of you that, that want to, to look at that. Fantastic. And also just um, with uh, the Christmas festivities about to start, are there any specific tips that you can give people that are, you know, going to um, enjoy a, a, a night out with friends? Just general tips as to how to keep themselves safe. It's really, you know, what I've said before, you know, we all have a right to be safe. We all have a right to, to enjoy ourselves on a night out. And we don't want, um, you know, concerns about um, safety to to take away from that um, and the emphasis should very much be on identifying the perpetrators of those behaviours and and ensuring that that they are held to account but you know people do often feel safer if they um, are you know let somebody know where they're going what, what kind of time they might be back and also you know if you're in a if you're out in a bar um, or somewhere where you are feeling um unsafe to an extent and you would like help on 
uh, or maybe um, getting yourself away from there. There is a scheme called Ask, um, Ask Angela, where many bar staff have been trained on safely calling a taxi or helping someone to get out of the premises um, if someone in there is, is is making them feel unsafe. So we, we would um, advise looking into what local schemes there are to um, to assist with this. And if you are considering getting a taxi home, make sure that you're using a, um, a licensed taxi firm and where possible booking that in advance. Absolutely, very good tips there. Um, and I can confirm we do have Ask for Angela in Buckinghamshire. My colleagues in the community safety Brilliant. team yeah. um, have been working on that and we've got uh, quite a few venues that have signed up. So that's really positive. Um, so great. Um, and just lastly, um, you mentioned the Susie Lamplew Trust website. Are there many resources on there uh, that people can look at? Yes, um, there's all kinds of information on there. There are our research reports which have um, a number of policy recommendations, but also um, safety tips in relation to the issues that we raise. So many of them will be around stalking, but also safety in the workplace and online safety as well, which of course affects us all. Um, many of us work online as well as socialising online. Um, so there's, there, um, there are safety tips around um, how to secure your online devices for instance, where to get help is the other key thing. If you are unfortunate enough to experience something that makes you feel unsafe, depending on the nature of it, um, you might want to, of course, reach out to your employer to support you. But there are also independent support services that can help um, depending on the nature of the behaviour. So we run the National Stalking Helpline. Um, that would, of course, be a first port of call for anyone who feels that they're they're experiencing stalking. That can all all the information on that is on our website. Um, but you know, if there's any other behaviours. Um, around online safety or indeed harassment. There are a number of organisations um, that run frontline helplines in relation to those as well. Excellent. Well, I think that uh, that's everything, Saskia. So I think we're going to wrap it up. But if anyone who's listening to the podcast has any other further questions, do feel free to get in contact with me. Uh, my email address is faye.blunstone at buckinghamshire.gov.uk. Thank you very much, Saskia. Many thanks. <laughs>